0: And just watch, watch The Exorcist the night before and he'll do anything. He'll do anything to get the Bimber whiskey. Justin was doing directions. Justin walked us through the radio. I don't know where I was going, but luckily enough, we've ended up in the Bimber distillery, which I'm going to get to tasting some new mix for it. We like that, don't we, Justin? We do. <laughs> now, we're joined by Mark Mackay, who is well you've got a lot of different you wear a number of different hats my friend um, sure uh you are marketing and publicity yeah you are cast selection and Cask margarita. assessment cask cast assessment. selection
1: product development all-round talkie whiskey person whiskey geek label writer yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's there's only there's only eight of us here um yeah. and so yeah we've all got a pitch in and do the things that, that we're skilled at. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But small operations, I think everybody has to be a sort of jack-of-all-trades with these things. Now, your background, Yep. before you came to Bimber, we'll get to Bimber in a little second, but you personally, you've
1: worked in whiskey for how long? Um, good question. So I've only actually worked in whiskey since I've been at Bimba, mm-hmm. so two and a half years. My background is in marketing and PR for biomedical science publishing. So I've spent best part of 25 years working in technical... Uh, biological, transport, engineering PR. But I've been around the whisky world for quite a long (laughs) time now, Um, writing a website called thedramble.com. That's how I ended up at Bimber. And, yeah, now I've been here actually working in the industry for two and a half years now. Two and a half years. Yeah. Now, Bimber, we are in London.
0: Um, Right, how did Bimber... First of all, what's the name?
1: Where did Bimber's name come from? Sure. So the name Bimba literally means moonshine in Polish. (laughs) The name comes from our Polish heritage. I'm not Polish, I'm a Londoner, but a lot of the staff working here and our founders, they're originally from Poland. Our master distiller Darius, his father and grandfather were moonshiners, making spirit illicitly in Poland, hiding in bushes, in forests, (laughs) in basements, to avoid the tax man. the name Bimba in Poland, it just means, like, white dog, you know, spirit. Pochin, something like that. exactly, exactly the same thing. But the name was adopted here because it is very reflective of a lot of the processes that we use here. Everything is really old school, really traditional and really hands-on. Yeah. Um, and so to take the name Moonshine harks back to, A, you know, the fact of that, that moonshining history, but, B, how we are making spirit here in London, which is, yeah hands on, no computerization, small batch really l- laborious processes um, which you can only really do if you're making product in a, in a small scale like yeah. this it doesn't yeah, yeah, scale yeah. up yeah. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, we've, we've already done a little tour of the distillery and if you're a corporation this, if you're a corporate guy this would probably keep you awake for, for days thinking about how it really inefficient this is, um, Bimber started as a, a craft distillery in London and that's that's important to you to be in London
1: too, yeah. um, why? Um, it's a product of who we are and where we've come from, um, all of us who work here live around the area, yeah. um, Darius and his wife Evelina are founders, they have a carpentry uh, building and architecture firm just up the street. Um, some of those skills and resources in terms of the engineering, the woodworking are really useless here <laughs> in terms of that cooperage. But all of us, it's a very multicultural distillery now, mm-hmm. but all of us have one thing in common, and that we all consider ourselves to be Londoners. Yeah, good. Uh, now, member is
0: a, a field the bottle distillery. Sure. You source all your grain from... One field or one farm? Uh, From
1: one farm. One farm. Fordham and Allen down in Basingstoke. So we work with the farmer. We visited roughly two dozen farms to select the right one for us. And by select I mean it's not just about the quality of the grain. Um, As a small distillery we don't have grain silos. We can't store loads of grain here. Deliveries come in every week. Every single week. So it's about having that relationship with a farmer who, A, makes the best quality grain that we can find for what we want to make, okay. but B, is prepared to make deliveries to us every <laughs> single week because we just don't have the area to store it on yeah, mass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime <laughs> grain deliveries. I'm throwing
0: oh, they'll drone it in. Oh, they'll drone Be- it in. B's also maybe landed on his spacecraft somewhere. <laughs> so, now... Um, the malting is done for you by... Warminster malting. Warminster malting. Uh,
1: UK's oldest maltster based over near Bristol. So the journey sort of starts uh, far west of here. Mm-hmm. It moves a little bit further west where that, that malt is then dried. But then it's not milled. Now, um, A lot of distilleries you'll see, particularly in Scotland, you'll see two types of mills. It will either be a green mill or a red mill. So a bobby mill or a forties mill, <laughs> which grinds it. And then they'll show you the box and the separation. We don't do that. We simply crack open the grain so that the husks are completely intact and put into the mash yeah. there, that allows us to create a really, really clear wort, that's yeah. what we're looking for, we're looking to a, a, a certain clarity to our whiskey, which, you know, your taste when you taste it, both the wash and then the new make spirit. Yeah, now
0: it's cracked as opposed to milled, so, yep. so
1: you're not getting the, the flour,
0: you're not getting we're that. We're getting some of it, you're not but it, not as not much. Not as much, no. Yeah, not
1: as much, yeah.
0: So that comes down. And it's delivered here. Yep. You then run it through uh, your, your
1: your mash ton. Yep, half half ton mash ton, uh uh-huh. two sparge waters, not free, we get as as much good quality wort as we as as we need yeah. in terms of the convertible starches from just using two sparge waters in that half ton mash ton. Okay. And again, as we spoke about earlier, cracking the grains and not milling it, it creates a very different density of that grain bed. Mm-hmm more than likely allowing a lot of that sparge water access to all of those grains to get them moist to allow for good conversion
0: now you're not doing your third sparge water no uh again if you're a corporate guy might want to turn off now because this will scare you you're missing out on again that uh, that that sugar that content you're pulling out of that um because people go for efficiency they go for maximum yield you're not doing that at that point you're already cutting that Um, Yeah, we're we're not Not about about yield,
1: we're about flavour.
0: Yeah, not about yield, all about flavour. Yep. Taken from there. Now, where does it then go?
1: Um, Like every distillery, once you've made a wort, then you need to convert it into some sort of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So it goes over into our fermenters. You might just see them in the back there. You probably can. Um, Seven (laughs) um, 3,000-litre American oak custom-made washbacks that we constructed here at Bimba. Uh, they run for 168 hours, seven days. What happens is the primary yeast, which is an in-house combination of distillers and bakers yeast, so a sort of a customized yeast that we like to use there, that runs for four days in terms of the growth and the dying down of that yeast. However, the washbacks are open topped. You yeah. can probably just about see them there, there's no lids on them. The combination of the wild yeast in the air and the fact that the American oak has some porosity to it, so there's bacteria in there, means that we get a secondary malolactic fermentation. So the ferment does run for seven days, for the first four, it's on the yeast, it's it's primary, it's quite aggressive, it foams up, as you'd expect. The next few days, just the odd bubble but it is still fermenting yeah in doing that we're building out loads and loads of fruity ester flavors yeah um and you'll find that if you ever get into wild cheese beer sazon styles spontaneous beers you, you get these big fruity flavors so
0: uh, some the, when you see this okay this is coming out this is taken from the fermenters and it, it's very sour there's a there's a a a Cidery note to it, lots yep. of cidery elements to it that uh, are popping up. Even even a, a sort of uh, pear cidery notes coming through on it too. Uh, it's really quite on the nose. It's quite like a, on on the palate. It's quite tart. Yep. Um, it almost tastes quite bitter, but there's sweet elements coming through on it as well. Uh, so yeah, now it's taken from here, and um, then it's run through the still.
1: Sure, so we run two stills, a lembic design made by Holger in Portugal, both 1,000 litres currently. The stills are turn on using steam, get up to temperature, and then we kick in direct fire. Both stills run on direct fire. Uh, the objective being, somewhat similar to cooking a steak, <laughs> that we burn the sugars, we burn the heavier compounds, the congeners, into the spirit so you get that sort of chariness. it yeah. all forms in the bottom of the still it makes for quite a difficult cleaning operation because imagine. we don't have cleaning in place <laughs> we don't riddle out the stills um, but it's fundamental to, to that, that process of making bimba that that direct fire builds body it builds texture into that new made spirit yeah. whilst you're in the still Like
0: your cut points Yep. You've, you've mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned to me about the cut points they're quite narrow um, for a start you don't Redistill the
1: heads. Yeah, heads are not redistilled at all. We simply throw them away. Um, that's not a great deal of liquid. It sounds like we're throwing away whiskey, yeah. and I guess notionally we are. It's a very small amount of liquid. Yeah. But again, we don't believe in making efficiency savings for the, for the expense of flavor. And by doing that, we get the exact profile that we're looking for. Yeah. Hot points, very, very narrow. We don't dig into the tails at all. That would make a very different whiskey again. So what we have is effectively a ferment that, because it's open-topped and long, is is dirty. It's a dirty style of ferment. A distillation regime that starts off dirty because we're burning in congeners and heavier compounds into the spirit. But then because of the immense amount of copper conduct, because of the fact that we've customized the shell and tube condensers with more copper, because the cut points are narrow, we end up with a textured, impactful spirit but one that isn't dirty anymore, one that is now promoting the fruitiness and the lightness um, of the notes that we build during fermentation. The fruity notes that you identified.
0: Now this is the new make. So new make coming out and it's 63 and a half. And um, on the nose, these two you know there's there's no real similarity. A lot of the sourness has disappeared. And what's coming through is Again, it's quite cereal heavy. Lots of cereal, but then it lifts very quickly. Now, obviously, at 63 and a half, it needs water to open it up to bring through that. But again, it's sweet. sweet. It's moved from the sort of sour cidery yep. over to much more sweet cider and lots of esters there too. Yep. Now, let me take a little sip. 63 and a half
1: percent, guys. Don't be drinking too much of this any time you get a chance. You'd be surprised. We mm. get... We get quite, I mean, we, we bottle this. We get quite a few people who, uh, they do like to drink it. Um, so we don't do much of it um, because this is whiskey that could have been and isn't. Um, but we do do some of it because, yeah, people, we're very proud of the new make. We feel it underpins everything that we do. Um, and so we're very happy to show it off to uh, anyone who's interested. It is very drinkable. There's no two ways about that. that. Um, it's very drinkable. Really quite sweet. Yep.
0: You know, it, it comes across... In 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 the fermenters as being these sorry notes, but once they're distilled, it sweetens up really really quite well, um, and it's got a lovely oily mouthfeel to it as well. Uh, little note uh, notes of mint as well coming through at the start, um, fruity on the finish, quite strong on the finish. Now it's quite it's quite spicy on the, sure. on the finish at like that. So I'm going to add a little bit of water, just to. To pull that down and see the oils in it, and you can see the oils moving about. So that uh, I always like doing this because it the oils are really where all the, the flavour is, you know. And again, it just opens it up and it gives you all them sort of tropical fruit notes coming through there, more banana flavours, and and all those esters. Now, Bimber is doing uh, their caskings and you. Said to me, you're a, a, a bourbon kind of guy, a bourbon cask guy. You're like yeah, a bourbon guy. you yeah. like that. You like your bourbon. Do you like your sweet vanilla
1: notes? Um, not necessarily. Um, I'm much more of a refill ex bourbon kind of guy. So first, of all, ex bourbon, it can part a lot of sweet vanilla, custard, mm-hmm. toffee. That can be nice, but no, I'm I'm just much more into calmer whiskey casks, often for longer periods, yeah. where the spirit can shine.
0: Yeah,
1: you, you know, is, is a spirit driven.
0: Pimba is a spirit-driven whiskey, spirit-driven whiskey yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very interested in the fermenters being of American oak because yep. this, this is really quite unusual. Because yep. you're, you're starting to impart the flavour from the oak straight away. Um, a lot of the time, they, they would use them. They would use larch or something like that. You can see them using uh, different types of wood. So the American oak,
1: it's the idea to put flavour in in the fermentation as much as possible. Um, you're going to get some flavour in, yeah, because it is porous. The idea more is the fact that it's porous means that um, bacteria can inhabit the wood. Yeah. You know? Okay. So they're lightly charred on the inside, breaks up the surface. So yeah, you're going to get a little bit of flavor of that wood into it, but it's going to be pretty minuscule. Yeah. But what we need is a pleasant environment for bacteria to live in to in, you know, provide for that secondary malolactic, malolactic fermentation. Rotation. That's more what it's about. Yeah. Now, in terms of casking,
0: bourbon casks, yep. primarily to start with, um, is it full maturation in bourbon casks? Is that
1: where you see it most of the time? Um, or do you see? There's all sorts of things going on now. Yeah. Um, we started off, it was first Villex bourbon, full maturation, Pedro Jiménez... Uh, quite lucky to get some amazing Solera casks for Pedro Jimenez. Very unusual. Uh, Oloroso, or Sherry, Port, and then Virgin casks. That's what we started with. Yeah. So a lot of the fills, a lot of the early casks are, are those. From then, uh, we have expanded into refill ex-bourbon. It'll be a while before you see those. Yeah. Seven years, eight years, until those come to a point when we'll unveil them. But we're filling those from the ones that we've disgorged. Um, More styles of sherry, so Fino, Moscatel, um, Palo Cotado, um, and then some more unusual things. So rum, Imperial Stout, which is my little baby, which is going to be revealed quite soon. (laughs) Um, Starting to play around with some wine casks, scary. Um... Cognac is on the menu, so we're at the point where we know where the spirit works, yeah. and we know it works really well in ex bourbon. Yeah. And there's not many distilleries unless they, they choose to take a sherry forward view of things yeah. that aren't going to do a lot of filling in ex bourbon because it provides such a great basis to play around with. Um, when we have all these cask types, often what we'll do is we'll do a first fill in that cask, provide you know a bottle of first fill whatever, moscatel, port. We'll then take it. And then we'll either refill it Mm -hmm. or we'll re-rack the ex-bourbon into it for a finish. So we have options of playing around there. Uh, And then what we're going to be starting to look at over the the years to come will be actually combining those casks together. So not just vatting ex-bourbon or sherry, but taking ex-bourbon and sherry in a proportion, vatting them together. Um, So, yeah, it's quite a playground of things. When we started off, it was a much smaller crayon box. (laughs) You know, because you need to make things that you know work. What we tend to do with casts is we'll take two, two, maybe six of them, and we'll do a few full-term. We'll mm-hmm. do a few finishes. We'll see what we like. We don't bottle anything we don't like. There's a few hidden away in the back there. They'll never be seen. They only ever come out when <laughs> we have an event on and people say, what have you got that's weird? And we say, try that. There you go. And it's weird, but we're not going to bottle it because we're not be released. with it.
0: No, it's not never, Everybody's having.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we've got an increasing number of crayons now. So... We try it out in a small selection of casks yeah. and then if we like it, so for instance the Imperial Stout's gone very well, so we've now got more back over with the brewery, we've Brew by numbers down in South London, we'll do more of that. Yeah. Others have not worked as well as we like, we won't do more of that. So it, it's all a very big learning experience in terms of, of where your spirit works in what type of precursor cask. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: they, I think whenever you start these things you basically have your primary colours and as you progress you get much deeper palette and you can work with it. Yep. Now you're marrying cask, you're marrying van. This is this for me is probably the most exciting thing that I saw today. Um, explain what it is.
1: Sure, so you might have heard of something similar, the, the Balveni Tun. The idea is rather than getting a, an IBC and just tipping loads of cast in and swilling it around is to actually have a larger vessel made of wood to give a really great environment for marrying casts together. Mm-hmm. So our marrying vat is a very similar style and design to our fermenters. Um, it's not open topped. <laughs> it's not temperature controlled. We're not fermenting in there. Yeah. We keep it around one fifth fill at all times with ex-bourbon casks. And then what we do is when we're looking to make a product that is either ex-bourbon, such as our small batch, or is based from ex-bourbon, i.e. where we're finishing, we'll disgorge casks into it. We'll leave them for a few months Whiskey, whiskey when it comes out of a barrel is not, is not at its best. <laughs> when you visit a distillery and go to a warehouse, a lot of what you are tasting there is your own hype and excitement. <laughs> but believe me, if you take that whiskey straight out of a barrel and you take a sample of it, you try that one. If you could somehow be at the same place at the same time, I guarantee you the one that's just had a few weeks to, to calm down, that hasn't got this shock of coming out the bottle, will be better. Yeah. And so what we're doing with this vat is we're doing that for you so rather than just tipping it in and giving it a, a mix around it sits in the vat for a few months it marries all of those different cast styles they, they all might be ex-bourbon but there is a certain style and idiosyncrasy to each of them yeah it gives them all time to intermingle to relax and to come together as one whole yeah so i, I, I like that sort of Solera, solera-esque mm-hmm.
0: appeal to i like that because the car is on and for me i, I I do an infinity bottle, for most people they're good infinity fun. Yep. they're good fun, but for me it's basically a bottle of memories yep. and it just carries on through and you never really lost anything you've ever put in it. So yeah, now, we're going to come across and do a tasting. Justin, do you want to come and have a join us for a little bit of whiskey? Oh, I, I think I'll have to for this. Hi. So now, this is Midlands Whisky Festival at 10th Anniversary, uh, finished in
1: Expertman Cast. Uh, full term ex bourbon. Full term ex bourbon. Full term. So this is the bottle we produced for this year's Midlands whiskey Festival. Um, full term ex bourbon. This is going to be pushing pushing about five years old. It's going to be not five, but nearly. Um, next year we'll be releasing whiskies that will be five years of age. This one very close. Um, yeah, it spent its whole life in the first fill ex bourbon barrel because it's a single cask. We offer it cask strength, fifty eight point seven percent. So got a bit of punch. Will take yeah. a bit of water. Yep um the profile without giving you tasting notes I generally let visitors do that rather than I do that you can find my tasting notes all over the bottles and website and um I must be getting good at this morning because I could tell that was a bourbon one <laughs> there you go yeah, yeah. I was supposed to pay there you go pay the dumb fools, uh, <laughs> to get this.
0: Um, you're never as dumb as you look the,
1: <laughs> the profile is for me very much what we do at Bimba um The wash you've seen, talked about. The spirit that you've seen and talked about in an ex-bourbon barrel. This is what Bimba's all about. Yes, there's lots of different angles. We can add sweetness from sherry, Madeira, port, whatever. But this is the core of what we're doing. Yeah. Bringing out those fruity flavours with a deeply textural spirit, quite a lot of spice, and, you know, a punchy delivery and texture that really belies the age of this whisky, which if it had a statement on it, it would say four. Yeah, well... On the nose, it's not as sweet as, as I possibly was thinking it was going to
0: be. You know, it's not as sweet driven on the nose. There's a nice cask influence there that is coming through, but there are nice deep uh, fruity notes. Um, almost, almost cooked apple rather than, sure. than the sweet apple, you know?
1: Um, yeah, I think that's uh, for me a function of mat- maturity. Yeah. You know, when you get a new-made spirit or a very young whiskey, normally, you're often going to get bright ethyl acetone mm. pear drops you know sort of almost a, sort of the precursors of uh, those flavor almost acidic uh yeah. Sweetness, yeah. sherbet sweetness um artificial flavorings and that's how a lot of whiskey yeah. start and then they gradually develop into deeper darker or, or brighter and juicier versions of themselves you know you can go many ways for us yeah it, it's got that it's got a darkness. I think cooking apple is, is personally a good one. Yeah. Brown sugars. But yeah, it, it's moved a long way in four years from those, you know, yes, it's, it's airdrop. It, it's sort of apple essence. Yeah. But, but it's taken on quite but a lot more now. It has much more depth of sugar for,
0: I know you say it's not a five-year-old whiskey. Nearly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's got more depth to it than, than five-year-old whiskey. This is a young spirit. Um, when you're casking this, is there, I know you're looking to go sort of seven years, you're talking about that earlier. Is there a chance that the, the cask will maybe take away
1: too much from the actual spirit? That's exactly what we're doing when it comes to the combination between first fill and refill mm. casks. Um, there's just happy medium and everyone's different. Um, I'm, I'm a very sort of spirit led guy. Um, I like my calf influence pretty much on the down low. Yeah. Bimba brings with it both. That's in, in quite a lot but public. there will be a point when we as a distillery decide that the cask influence is too much too much uh for me it's probably going to be around eight years that's when i think this profile is gonna be amazing but it's sort of on the peak you know the cask influence is really really starting to come forward that's why we have the refill casks where you know those bad boys they're going to take us through 12 15 18 yeah. depending on how much activity is is left in there um, and so we've got both. We've, we've got these casks that are going to deliver punchy whisky which belies its age now. Yeah. And then we've got casks which will That's deliver probably. a more subtle influence and allow that spirit to mature with a lessened wood influence over a longer period what, of time. What kind of money in a bottle like that? How do you mean? What, what, what how much will it cost? Um, I don't know how much uh, Midlands Festival sold it for. Um, we sell most of our single cask releases for around 80, 80 to 85 pounds, okay. that sort of level. Ooh. The small batch releases are 65 to about 68. The underground releases are more. We have to pay money to Transport for London <laughs> to do those. Well, oh, they but need you, their money, they need their cut. Well, nothing is ever for free.
0: <laughs> but it's nothing affordable quality, that's the market you're aiming for. Yeah. 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 I've actually put a little water in that because I think that
1: works much better with a little bit of water in it. And, uh, if anything, it's actually spiced it up on the finish. Adding water to yeah. most whiskey brings out the cask. It's spaced it up a little bit yeah. on the finish, um, much more than I thought it probably would have done. Um, that's lovely. It's really, really nice. Thank uh, you. So, yeah, there's your development spirit, yeah. four and a bit years, and that's Bimba. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Very, 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 very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Um, Now, ex-Bourbon, Now you mentioned underground. We can't not mention this. This is sort of the collectible
1: series that you're doing. Um, It it is a series, yeah. Yep. And
0: how how far in are we with that? Uh,
1: At the moment, in bottle only the first four. Four. Uh, There will be forty-four releases in the whole series not all 272 <laughs> stations. Uh, by my calculation, if we did do all the stations, that would take us nearly 17 years. Uh, that's a bit too much for us. Uh, I'm, I hope to be retired at that point. Let's see. Um, we've done the first four, um, which you can see up there. Yeah. The next four we've just announced, uh, they'll be coming very shortly. Um, so we'll be doing it in batches of four, probably three or four times a year over the course of the contract that we have with tfl to do these to do these bottlings of their of their stations yeah and uh, i mean these will be highly collectible you can't ignore that these days sure. this is a huge part
0: of the market now um i, I, I have to say once you've done the underground
1: you definitely have to get in touch <laughs> with who is that owns monopoly and do the monopoly board that wouldn't take us long because there's not as many stations it, Matt. It, it, it wouldn't but i think the idea of doing something else where we have to pay a royalty fee. Yeah. I think that's too much. So we don't mind doing it once. Um, but yeah, uh, the monopoly is fun, but no. Do not pass goal. Do not collect do um, not bottles of. No, <laughs> but. for you, Matt, because I always have these good marketing.
0: Oh, no. What about theatres of
1: London? That would work. I've, I've heard it all. Um, <laughs> if you go online, people love to speculate and just make up stuff about what whiskey distilleries are doing and why they're doing yeah. it. Um, and so i've read recently that we're going to do all of the uk airports okay. um i heard about bus routes and none of this is true at all <laughs> we're literally doing these 44 stations and then we'll do something else, do you something know? else. Um, and there are no plans for anything else at the minute it's um it's quite a lot of work for bimba as a really small distillery um, to continue doing what we're doing and do these stations yeah. uh, what a lot of people when they first came out didn't realize was we we've not stopped doing anything that we're doing these are in addition there's something yeah. there's something else as it were um, so it's quite a lot of work to do all the releases that we're selling at the distillery that we're selling online yeah. distillery exclusives the ones for Bimba Club and these ones so yeah the, the idea of doing yet more series based around landmarks um, <laughs> I, I, I can safely say here and now no so this is the only chance you'll get to do this okay now
0: the whisky, you're doing other stuff as well. Uh, you, you started off doing gin. Remember, started doing gin. We
1: started off before we had spirit of age with gin, vodka and rum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way a lot of distilleries yeah. get some revenue in when there's no money to be made from the single malt. Um, but you're doing something interesting today. Uh, um, today, we're playing around with some potatoes. <laughs> um, we... Because we're small, some distilleries, you visit Cotswolds and Cotswolds make a reasonable amount of gin, they'll have a separate, a separate yeah. steel for that. And that makes production sense because you're not, you're not pirating your production from one thing to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have that luxury. So whenever we're not making single malt, we are making something else at the expense of single malt. Yeah. So I would say we're probably only making something else three times a year. Um, we do a couple of gins, one with uh, oolong tea, one with kumquats, they've been pretty popular. Uh, my wife loves to kumquat gin um, we've got through quite a few bottles of that just doesn't stay Super tasty, Super Steve, tasty. Um, and at the minute yeah there's some potatoes going on there so i'll i'll, I'll let you guess <laughs> what we might be doing with that particularly as a polish distillery yeah um, but yeah it's it's it will be those two productions. Would be one or two days yeah. in a, in, a, in a year. So one or two casks of these being laid? Uh, we're not even no, oh, they, not these won't be or... casks now. Oh yeah, so for, literally
0: uh, a, a run of spirit. Oh, they're not casks. So you can even guess, can even narrow that down. Yeah, that. Um, yeah. So um, as your standalone products, you have your experiment. bourbon. What, what is your standard release? So from, if you're walking in sure. to what, buy, What's your standard releases?
1: Uh, if you're walking in to buy from Bimba, you'll probably find the shelves bare. We are in the fortunate position where we make so little comparatively to big distilleries yeah. and we have such a eager fan base, I think is the best way to describe it, everything sells out very quickly. Yeah. Um, what we're doing at the minute before we have a core range, we, we, we are thinking about that. It will come, but not until we have enough spirit, enough whiskey to make it with and an idea of what is core bimba. Yeah. Is it just ex bourbon? I think it could be more than that myself. Yeah. Um, so you get our, what's our, called our small batch products. So our small batch products, just grab two here. Um, Ex-Bourbon casks, made in the, the vat that we're talking about. Oloroso casks, so started its life in ex-Bourbon, then was re-racked for an additional maturation or finish as you were in Oloroso. These small batch products are effectively the mainstay of what we do, yeah. the bigger releases. This one was 5,000 bottles. This one was about 900. Yep, 980. And we're going to be doing those for a few years whilst we build up the stocks for a core range. Okay. Alongside that, you've got the single cast releases, country editions to spread the Bimba love around the world, um, festivals and whiskey clubs. We do like to support them. Yeah. The occasional distillery exclusive. We want people to be able to buy something when they're here. Um, and then the underground series. So that's kind of, kind of where we're at at the minute. Uh, a few extra things on the sides, but. Yeah, effectively, if you want to get into Bimba, we'll always be producing these. There'll be a bit of a gap between them. Yeah. So it's not like a core range. A core range product for me is something that's always available. Yeah. So you take a look at, and it's being tested, like Springbank, 10, 12 car strength, 15, 18. Those are core products. Yeah. Can't buy them. <laughs> yes. So when does a core product become not a core product? Yeah. When it all sells out. So yes, these are what we're going to be doing in the future. Um, there'll be different ones. They won't always just be ex-bourbon oloroso. There might be some beery things or some different sherry's. Um, and then when we get to a point where we feel we a have enough stock and b know what core Bimba is, yeah. then then you will see products that if they if they do sell out, then they'll be back on. You know, in a month or so, yeah, we'll yeah, make yeah. more. Yeah, a little way to go for that though. Yeah.
0: but In terms of your production, you're saying you basically produce a cask cask a day, a day so 50,000
1: so 50, thousand litres. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Uh, a long road before you have everything, uh, probably everything that you want to be able to do. Ah, uh, you'll never get to a point where you have everything that you want to be able to do, you know. If, if I had my way, we'd have a little microbrewery on the side <laughs> so I could have some fun there, so that's not going to happen. Um, there's a long way to go to get to a point where we physically can make enough to sate demand. That's, yeah. that's our primary goal at the minute, so we're looking for a new location, still in London probably in this part of the world, but we want to double production to hundred thousand litres, two cars a two day. Cassidy. Two cas a day. Two casts a day. Which actually is massive for us. Yeah, know, twice yeah. as much bigger is massive for us. It's still very small. Yeah. Because you cannot make whiskey like this no. at a massive scale. No, it's no. Not, gonna not gonna happen. Um, but yeah there's a there's a long way to go, but the journey is the exciting part, right? Yeah. This is it. You this know? is it. No I can't we're gonna finish now but I can't not
0: mention this the fact that English whiskey is really an exciting part and yeah. Bimber's really leading the way, or certainly has led the way and is leading the way again. English whiskey is moving on in leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, the scene is exciting. Um, what, how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I feel very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, it's delightful to play a part of, you know, English whiskey isn't a new thing, it's just a revival. Yeah. Um, similar to Ireland where there was a lull, except in England, Every distillery went. In, in 1905, Lee Valley was the last English distillery down in Stratford to close. Yeah. And then it was nearly 100 years before uh, English whiskey company St. George's brought it back to life and it's followed suit. Um, I think it's the perfect time for english whiskey to come back there's so much excitement there's so much passion for whiskey yeah and english distilleries currently are doing things differently they're doing it differently because they are all independently owned at present yeah no doubt in the future that of course will change but at the minute all english distilleries are independently owned so we're all doing quality things but we're all focusing on what we're making not on (laughs) <laughs> Eking out every strand of production. Yeah. You know, there's there's the lakes are the largest of all the distilleries, they're still small. Yeah. You know, by the time they finish their expansion, they'll only be as big as Kilholman, yeah. which is Isla's, you know, <laughs> smallest distillery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that smallness I, I think is a real it's a real strength because it means that you can play to the consumer in terms of quality and interest rather than having to spend most of your production producing just something that's standardised for mass yeah. consumption. Yeah. There's always a room for that. There's always a market for that. But English whiskey doesn't necessarily need to play into that. I don't think
0: so either. I think in some ways it's great that Scotland and Ireland have the protection of the technical files, but England doesn't, and they they can do exciting things. That will
1: be coming.
0: It probably will. It will. But um, we'll wait and see how 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 narrow or how broad?
1: Uh, it's being
0: discussed. <laughs> it's being discussed. Well, I'm going to go and enjoy some more whiskey. Uh, Matt, thank you very much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Sláinte you. Sláinte. Cheers, uh, guys. Thank you. Take care. just. Yes.